Hey everybody, I want to talk about a product and platform that I absolutely love and our latest sponsor, Interseller, the prospecting and outreach platform of choice for recruiters and sellers. Whether you're doubling down on business development or recruiting talent, Interseller does all the heavy lifting of finding contact data, automating the email and follow-up process, and syncs all that rich data into 20-plus CRM and ATS platforms. Reach out now and get going on a two-week free trial and let them know you heard about it from Adam on the podcast today. Check out the link on the website. Appreciate it. Welcome to the podcast, where we introduce you to incredible humans who share their journeys with the mission to inspire you to harness your own inner tenacity to drive your life and career forward. And now, your host, Adam Posner. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast where I bring you the best and the brightest from the world of business, marketing, and personal growth to help you harness your own inner tenacity and drive your career forward. Folks, we are live. We have not done, I have not done this since episode 50 in 2019 with Claude Silver, but we're back here. We're recording this on August 11th, which happens to be my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, mom, and my buddy Drew, so happy birthday. Thrilled to have my guest today. It's been a long time making. Vinny Potestivo, welcome. Yes. I am excited to have you here. Thank you. Let me do the official introduction for folks that do not know you. You are, well, you know this already. Oh, boy. An, an industry-leading media and talent innovator who is widely known for his inclusive and impactful approach to brand building and personal brand development. With over 25 years' experience responsible for bringing shows like The Real Housewives, Responsible. We're going to have to figure that one out there. Mm -hmm. um, and some classics that we all know. MTV's Punked, Cribs, The Osbournes, to name a few. And he's an expert at building personal brands, and we're going to really dig into that. And I'm going to say a few names here that you might recognize. Ashton Kutcher, Mandy Moore, Jessica Simpson, and Kelly Osbourne, to name a few. He has also been working for the last, I don't know, couple years on his own show called I Have a Podcast. Yes. IHAP, which I is have. coming out in mid-September, probably around the same time that this show is going to drop. I'm excited to talk about that his journey, and most importantly, the man behind the blue shirt there. So let's do oh, this. Vinny, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you for having me. Long time coming. This is so cool. It is. And we actually met through uh, our mutual connection, Hala, who's going to be joining us a little bit later. Um, and it's all about connecting and bringing people together. And I think that is a common thread that you and I have. We're connectors. Yeah. And we're going to dig into that in a little bit. But let's bring it back. Let's hit the rewind button. And I want to go all the way back to Staten Island Community Television, where you were a studio engineer. <laughs> yes. Is that really where you had the first itch? Or was it even before that in childhood where that silver screen was calling you, man? You know, um, I never really thought about making movies. I think TV was, and I, and I didn't have cable growing up. I didn't necessarily grow up watching MTV, and I ended up working at MTV for 10 years. And so you, you couldn't have told me that that's, I would work at a cable network. I didn't even, and I ended up being the guy who cast VJs on TRL and found, you know, the, the celebrity reality that that wasn't a show growing up. I saw it wasn't ever there. happen. You know what I mean? So it, it wasn't there. But, you know, for, you, I, I was gonna say I, for me that my uh, my aha moment in media started in high school and um, we were getting a TV, a TV studio and there was a delay on equipment and I got frustrated my junior year. And um, I found out about a, a scholarship program at the community of Staten Island and I learned to be a studio engineer in studio like I learned like the, the flipboard, the, the director's cuts and the boards and the cameras and equipment. And, um, and I learned how to record, take two VCRs and tie them together and be able to the edit. Transfers and the yeah. And because of that fundamental editing skill, 
um, I was able to sort of impress the people at MTV, and that's that's how I edited VJ reels. That's for, crazy. Forever. But do you think at that moment, you kind of had that desire to be behind the camera or in front of the camera? Did you ever have the desire to be in front of the camera? Um, I think that the first thing you see, yeah, so yeah, yeah, I think the first thing you see is what's in front of the camera naturally. But I'll tell you what, my favorite Muppet growing up was Scooter, not Kermit. You know, the idea of being a stage manager, right? Like the idea of like, you know, being right on stage and responsible for everything that happens, but not quite in the center of the stage. And I loved, I loved that idea. That's actually a good podcast question. Who is your, who, which Muppet do you feel like you align <laughs> with? I mean, that's a tough one because I'm, I'm a little bit Fozzie. I'm a little bit Kermit. A little bit Scooter there, too. Uh, All right. But you weren't always in front of the camera, too. I mean, you had a career beforehand. A database administrator. What the heck was that? Credit Yeah, Swiss. well, I'm, so I'm 44 this year. So uh, I graduated college the year of 99. So in technology, there were basically two career, you know, um, paths that were created. One for the Y2K uh, because, you know, the four-digit end of year was going to yeah, happen, we were, so Y2K was a big thing. Uh, and the Euro got launched. So I was right. a compliance officer um, for Credit Suisse First Boston, and I knew I know how to build databases, and I understand um, uh, engineering, and I understand um, uh, syntax, and I understand... Um, but there's process behind that. Yeah. If you, if you pull the curtain back there, those fundamental pieces there were processed. So let me ask you this, Vinny. You know, you look back on the days before all of this into the world of entertainment and those Credit Suisse days even before that, what was one of those core fundamental pieces that you look back on, you're like, thank God I had that experience because that's a fundamental building block that I apply all the time now. Um, this chair's squeaky as I, hell, I, by the way. I hear it. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I spent a lot of time in the computer center. This is weird to bring up, but I'm inclined to, to say this. I spent a lot of time in the computer center um, before, it's weird to say this, before laptops were really, you know, mainstream, especially in uh, colleges. So I had, um, and when I say I spent a lot of time in the computer center, I was the president of the computer club, and I worked at the computer center, and um, I helped run uh, uh, land. Absolutely. <laughs> like I, I built, I helped build computers, and uh, 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 I, technology was something that I wrapped my head around. I liked the math part. I liked the... Um, it's all about how these pieces communicate, but you have to build the systems for them to communicate properly. I love that piece. And if you think about how that translates now, the idea of putting pieces together, yeah. assembling something. And we're going to get into that in a little bit, how all these pieces kind of like Voltron come together and form the show. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, or, or form a piece coming out there. So how did you land that first job? You know, how did you land that first job at MTV? Um, I did you apply? Did you know somebody? No. There? Um, to be honest, I was walking down the street in Times Square, and Ananda, who was a VJ uh, on MTV in the late '90s, um, kind of picked me out of the crowd and asked if I would. Oh, ask you're like down in front, like when it was. I was walking. It was before even oh, before that TRL, was like, like okay, a thing. Yeah, yeah, even then, it's weird to say that, but um, it was Spankin' New Music Week. And Whitney Houston had just gotten uh, to the studio, and she was in the studio, but Ananda was out of the studio, and they asked me to ask a question. Uh, and my question was, um, what was it like recording with Mariah Carey on the soundtrack for Prince of Egypt? Were they in the same studio together recording? They, or were they two separate recordings that came together? I mean, those are the two biggest diva powerhouses, protective of all time, I arguably. Think, I think two separate recordings. I, I don't think imagine. they would ever be allowed I, in the same studio. <laughs> I mean, that's like two stars, you know, you can't have that. That's yeah. You wanna you wanna be careful about. <laughs> it's like a nuclear the war. greatness that can come from that. But but it's so crazy that 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 sort of moment 
Um, and I was introduced to a casting director, and he um, uh, was looking for certain people to come to um, audiences, a very Busta Christmas special. And the bus. Um, I was there when uh, Blink-182 did their infamous uh, sort of naked bicycle race, bicycle race <laughs> in the in the Times Square studio, Tom Green show. Like those were the shows that are, are were first on my resume. On the but, list of funny Canadians. Um, the, absolutely, <laughs> my bum was on the floor. Um, uh, but in the between that, I also worked um, at Fox News on Hannity and Combs, and I traveled the country looking for with with the show, picking audience members to ask questions that were relevant. You know. And because of that experience, when MTV was looking for, um, in, two, in 1999, I guess, for uh, their new cast for Choose or Lose, that's when um, I was finally prepared for that moment. Yeah. How, how much do you really believe in, in manifesting destiny, being in the right place at the right time, luck? How does that sit with you? Oh, yeah. So um, I, that's, I what, that's what I feel here. I man. believe I feel in like manifesting. you were in the right place at the right time at that exact moment in your life. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I think that, uh, and, I, and I think that all of those other pieces that were at play also equally were in the right positions in the right place um, as well. I do believe in manifesting. As a casting director for 20 years, I've always said, the last thing I do when I'm casting a project is go out and look for the person Come that on. I'm looking for. I don't know you yet, and I'm looking for a real person, so I know that you're not in my circle, but what I will do is I will call people who I think might know you or of you. If I'm casting Housewives, for example, I'm going to go to you know northern New Jersey, and I'm going to hit um, you know all the nail salons, and I'm going so to hit- So you're gonna ask around. I'm gonna, so, I so know. in my world of, of, of recruiting, we call these reference checks. Oh yeah. They're, back, they're, they're background checks. I wanna pause on that moment for a cool. second here. Let's talk about the first show you ever cast. What was the first? assignment you had where they like they went to the bullpen they called in Vinny and gave you your first crack at casting a show choose or lose was who, the first who was the host at that time um i ended up casting gideon yego who um gideon stayed like gideon for yeah for a really long time and actually he um is uh as a just a, was a producer on uh on apple tv's uh show about oh my gosh the the morning show no it was um Ted Lasso. No, why am I drawing a blank? <laughs> I'm just thinking about and the shows in, that I actually watch. And on, they're on in. Apple TV. It's about like they're in. Um, uh, Justin Thoreau is in. Okay. Why can't I think? Anyway, we'll edit that back in, folks. <laughs> um, uh, but Gideon Yego is one of the first um, people I hired at MTV. Julia Mejia, um, who is actually a congresswoman now in Boston, which is super cool, but was was one of the first. What did you see in Gideon? Rumors. What did you see in him? Oh, yeah. Where you said, "This guy has it." And he also has what we need for this specific show. Um, uh, was it I, a feel? Was it a look? Was it a feel? I saw, yeah, I, it was a feel. I saw that he knew what he was talking about and knew that I didn't know as much as he did. And it didn't intimidate me. And it, it actually made me want to learn more. And in those conversations, I realized that I learned more about what was happening uh, in certain realities than um, I was if I was left to my own devices. and was only reading the news the way that news used to be read. Interesting. And what I loved about Gideon was I was getting news in context and I kind of, and with his background. And on MTV News, your background, your point of view becomes part of that, you know. You were much story. more editorial than a, you know, CNN or Fox at that point. Oh, yeah. Was there that moment when you knew this was my calling 
this is what I was born to do, and I'm going to build a career off this. Was there that moment, or it just kind of happened over the course of a couple of years? Um, uh, so I, I have this sort of defense mechanism. I don't know if I would say there's a single moment. I have this defense mechanism where I love to be sort of like 75%. Like I hate being at 100, and I hate being at 50, so I really – um, I don't. I used to have a really hard time celebrating my wins because I try to really minimize the emotional part because being creative is extremely emotional. And my job, it's a lot of energy. My job wasn't created like there. There was no talent development department at MTV until I got to MTV with a man named Rod Asa, um, and the two of us started the talent development department at MTV. That the idea of um, helping artists hone in on their brand and find their voice and take celebrities and turn them into what they did through media wasn't what I was hired to do. What I was hired to do is cast a great people, but what, what they let me do was develop their skills and then translate that back through production to what became shows. Who saw that talent in you? Oh, Rod Asa. My, my, that, there's like, if there's one person who, yeah, so I actually remember the day. Yeah, so there's a single moment that changed my life where I, where I knew my aha moment because I had to prove myself at MTV before I got that very first ever yeah, staff about position. And I remember walking, talk about walking around like at Times Square. I would walk around the building and I remember I had my, my the, the clunky iPhone. I remember saying, like, I just really want this. I've never wanted something. It's almost a defense mechanism also too. Like I try not to want something so that I'm grateful for what I have. Right, or this, if you don't get, if it doesn't come through, you're not as disappointed. That's a tough one yeah. to think about in life. You know, you want something so bad and you want to go for it, but you also want to be a little bit more reserved in case you don't. And I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, because this has happened to me, that that meter has changed a lot in my life, where now I'm just like, fuck it, I'm going for it. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't give a shit. If I want, I mean, you and I talk about this off air all the time, unapologetic, going for what I want, but doing it in, in a respectful and doing it the right way. Yeah. But you think about that inside, Vinny, you want to manage your, your emotions. How much has that changed over the years? You're, you're turning 44. How much of that inner fire to go after what you want to manage disappointment has changed? I, it's like going, to be honest, it's like going to the gym after 20 years later. You have to push yourself a little harder. Just a little you've, had a, you've had more resist, you have more resistance, things, tool, you're, there's new tools that you didn't have before, so you're learning new tools. So. Um, it's training, you know. Um, so hope that's that's where my defense mechanism comes in. Is this seventy five percent? Because I'm always I'm always working to not also also I'm not trying to throw off the energy. I'm aware that I have uh, a, a presence in the large. I'm like I'm six three and I have this dude is so much taller in but, person than I thought he would be. <laughs> side note to all the audience out there. Um, uh, but uh, uh, so I'm aware that you know when I'm filming Housewives. You know, in the early days, and I'm I'm thinking of scene work in, in with these women's kitchen, and I'm the guy, you know, du ducking below so that you can't see me. I'm a big dude to be hiding in your kitchen. <laughs> Vinny you was know? not the hide and seek champion in elementary. School. No, <laughs> so, so but let's talk about that. Let's talk talent. I, I'm in the recruiting business. We're both in yeah, the talent business I love here. Um, walk us through like now. We're talking, you know, that that you're you're best in class, top of your game here. What what do you look for? What is the right approach? And and how. How do you vet them? And this is this is interesting, and it's an interesting analogy because when I'm talking about casting for a company and casting for a team, everyone has their parts, everyone has their role. And I like to use the analogy of a quilt. The quilts are made of different materials, different fabrics, different tactiles, textiles, strengths, and colors. Separately, they're okay, but when they come together, it's a beautiful thing. 
let's unpack that kind of creative mindset. And I don't want all your your secrets, and no one else could do it like you anyway. It doesn't <laughs> freaking matter. But talk to us a little bit about casting. Let's actually bring it back to a show that I, my wife and I absolutely love. We are huge Real Housewives of New Jersey fans. <laughs> okay. I mean, M- Melissa and Joe, those are like my peeps. I feel like if they lived in Merrick, we'd be like, we'd be like besties. But um, take us back to that original casting of Housewives of Jersey. Yeah. Tell us about the process there. Um, uh, the, the Housewives of, of so so first off, you have to keep in mind that the Housewives of um, OC had launched, and that was a huge hit. Uh, the Housewives of New York was in production, and it took a long time for Housewives of New York to be, you know, finished while that while they were figuring out how that show would be different from you know the OC. The casting on Housewives of New Jersey started off casting the same way traditionally you would an ensemble show. You send out casting people to the field. You're looking. You're talking to landscapers. You're you're talking to nail technicians. Yeah, you're who's, babysitters. Who's um, you know, uh, a salon especially. And you they end up becoming housewives after a while because they they really are staples in the community. But those like little boutique stores and the boutique salons. Oh, I know. And, like, I was in one of my town yesterday. It's a scene. Yeah, and there and also. I actually thought I was shoplifting for a moment. I'm like, no, <laughs> buy a freaking gift for somebody. What was it? <laughs> I actually, would I buy? <laughs> yeah. I, I'll show you a picture of it later. It's actually this really beige color fanny pack with some butterfly on it from yeah. my friend's girlfriend. You're like, if, if anything, if I'm going down for anything. <laughs> it's not going to be a $60 fanny pack. <laughs> Sorry, we digress here on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, that's the fanny pack guy over there. I know that guy. Um, uh, and by t- I think that, uh, um, the initial casting team tapped into Caroline Manzo. And, and what, you look for, what you look for are connectors. So immediately when you're building an ensemble show, there's a nuclear connection, a DNA connection to your cast members. And those people are interesting cast. How, and I can point to the Osbournes, Newlyweds. I can point to some shows that I've worked on where you look at the story engine between those two people, um, Chris Lee Knows Best, which is a huge show, right? You know, still on USA. Um, there are... Um, there's a, a story engine between someone you choose to love and you will experience things with them differently than your family um, who you did not choose to be uh, connected to but will, are committed to. Yeah. So what, what I mean by that is that you will ha- experience these emotions almost as a, as a workout with your family that you wouldn't do with friends because of the emotional process. And there will be a conclusion. And, and so, oops. There will be a conclusion or an ending, you know, to that story so, and, and episodic reality TV. That's important. So talking about the beginning there, tell us a little bit behind the scenes about those conversations with folks to say, hey, listen, your entire life is about in, in one second. Once those cameras and lights go on, you're going to be exposed to the entire world, the good, the bad, the ugly. You won't be able to hide. Now, some people want that, but they don't really understand what they're about to get into. I mean, you look at Teresa. Right. What happened to her life? I would say, in my opinion, arguably, if they weren't on TV, maybe the whole legal situation would have happened. I don't know if it would have been as prominent and what would have happened there, but they don't know what they're about to get into. Do you have those conversations before they before they sign on that dotted line? I mean, do you feel a responsibility to have that conversation with anyone you're casting who is not already in the limelight? Yeah. So, yes, um, you do have that conversation up front. And now, now especially in 2021, um, there are um, psychological evaluations and there are background checks and there are mental and physical and um, there are there are lots of um, protocol and sort of P- 
pieces because because those conversations weren't being had the mentors. I'll tell you when I worked on uh, Laguna Beach in the hills and the city. You know, we, no, we didn't we didn't tell the kids that we didn't know to be honest. And also, we didn't want it to change their lives. We didn't want them to go into this thinking, "I'm going to be famous at the end of this," um, we, because that changes the narrative of what their day to day looks like. We want and it to be the show wants reality. To, well, the show, <clears throat> you you only get so at that point in time without social media, there no one had the ability to project an image of themselves out in public like we do on Instagram and Facebook now and get it. immediate results. So with Laguna Beach, we had the ability to shoot with them for eight months and then edit it the way. And you, you, if you remember the hills, the Laguna Beach, the city, it was edited very, you know, there was a high level of cinematography to how that was It was almost created. more in line with like an OC type of show back in the day when it was on yeah. the OC. It had that kind of, it was, it was reality, but there was a narrative to it now versus now where it's very just reality in your face doc, the, documentary. Well, that's the, so, I mean, Adam DeVello and Tony DeSanto. Um, I mean, Tony DeSanto, ha uh, uh, who's one of the e EPs and was the head of production at MTV for a while, um, comes has a film background, has a cinema background. In fact, I, I, rem I would love sitting with him in the edit bay, and he would literally say there's one extra frame at the end of that that goes, like he had that eye, that, and it mattered. It made that difference in either a word, a vision, a yeah. feel, a vibe. Either it had to stay or it had to go. And, and, and at MTV. There was tension, too. He would, you have to be able to create tension through editing yeah. and conflict. Oh, it, or create it's conflict with no conflict. Yeah, it's all timing, right? But and and MTV back back then, we, there was so much content we were producing. I mean, a twenty four hour network. So I, I was casting all the hosts for like five hours of music programming. Then I would have to cast the host for say what karaoke and book all those judges. And then there was uh, 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 want to be a VJ, and there was one you know all the other shows that you know I got to be a part of that. And I didn't th it didn't occur to me and, and those were live to tape, which means that you you know um, there are some flaws in seeing and seeing what Tony and Liz Gately and, and Adam Devello did on on Laguna Beach after our department had already come out with Osborne's newlyweds and punked to see this reality medium already up leveled in just you know a unique visual way. It, it was super cool that that I mean, you lived it you lived through the whole thing. Yes. Ozzy Osborne share yeah. one quick crazy Aussie story oh gosh uh, like oh your favorite gosh. man and is he is he like is he like a I I have this feeling just from being a fan I feel like one-on-one -on -one and you know if you're recording I feel like he's just like a good dude yeah like he, he, he's like I, down right yeah. he's like yeah as he tries to put himself that. so so to be honest um I, I'm, I'm I'm immediately thinking of the the we had a, <clears throat> a Christmas special for the Osbournes and um, I, I had to book some like fun guests to sort of swing by that would make sense for the Osbournes. And Come on, knock on our door. I remember Jonathan, Jonathan Lipnicki was like. <laughs> Rando. But that's the Osbournes. That was like the beauty of the Osbournes. Is you're like, yeah, of course that makes sense that he would know the kids. And um, we had this like whole, the whole like faux snow in their backyard. And, um, and then seeing that house get sold and turned into Christina Aguilera's home was like sort of trippy to me. Um, uh, and seeing that actually, you know, seeing that house, because I, I remember being in the garage, that's where our production and crew were um, when, when we were sort of streaming and shooting around the house. And um, it's just weird to think of that as like a, like a media landmark on those, like, you know, those, those site visits. But, but with Ozzy, you talk to Sharon. 
and Sharon would talk Sharon to Ozzy, and, uh, and and it was much easier to, to connect with him that way. Whether it was him connect communicating with me or sort of me ever having to say anything, but you would really go through Sharon for it. That's that's interesting. So you know, we fast forward to twenty twenty one, different time, different place, and you see people becoming instant celebrities just based on how they're gaming social media and. It is what it is. You know, I could sit here and bitch all about it versus going back and saying, these people who, when you cast them, they earned it. They built their celebrity. They did it the right way. What are your thoughts on that? You know, do you think a lot of these instant celebs, you know, they deserve to be where they are in the limelight? Yeah. So, um, so there's two parts to that question. The instant part, which is funny because it, you have to be consistent. So, like, there's nothing instant. Instant, instant is a relative <laughs> term. Right? There's yeah. nothing you instant. You know what I'm saying here. They but build the, it up. Well, what I always had a problem with was to be successful on social media, you have to be consistent, which just means posting crap. Whatever it is, it just means posting so that you don't get pushed out of sight, out of mind, out of the algorithm or out of the normal flow, however you're sort of, like, in, ingesting, you know, social and I hated that piece to it because um, it didn't feel fair to uh, reward people only for showing up. I, I say that without having thought about how much I now value the people who do show up. And, and I think what's tricky about people who just are known for showing up is sometimes you show up and there's no value added. And I think, well, well why are you showing up? <laughs> Some people just want to be there even though yeah. they got nothing to say. I'm like, what's... What's the point? Like, I'll, I'll, I'll make a phone call. I may have even done this with you. I'll say, hey, Adam, look, I don't know why I'm calling you yet. I promise you at the end of this <laughs> phone call, we will have some figure it out. I know it's going to be a good chat, right? Yeah, you know. <laughs> like, and this is a great example. You know, uh, we, we're talking about, you know, doing a little podcast swap, and we wanted to have a cool place to be there, and you were having a conversation with Hala, and I, it, I was able to benefit from the conversation you were having, and all three of us That's are now able – to sort of you know build out our, our programming just based on two people connecting and saying let's build something with intent that's different a and we waited we waited until we could do this safely and we could do this in person as well we did um that's different than i just have to make a post i just have to show up and i just have to be there i also think there's a little bit of in, in this culture and day and age of instant gratification and there, there's also Role, the, the word role model, in my opinion, has been diluted. You know, just because someone has two million followers on Instagram, that doesn't make them a role model. Oh, yeah. And I think, and I look at my oh, daughter, yeah. who's nine at the time, and she looks, well, she looks at the D'Amelio, she looks at, you know, the other folks on, you know, these, I'm like, Nina, what, tell me what they're doing. Is yeah. it just dance moves? What, what are their values? What are they all about? And, and, and she doesn't know. So I balance between trying to teach her the like, values as a father, but also not being an old, an old freaking geezer. <laughs> Right? But that's an interesting question. You know, um, uh, would you rather be, you know, a celebrity or a role model? I wonder what kids would. I wonder how they, how kids would answer that. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask her that later. I'm gonna have her back on the show. She's been on my show a couple of times. Um, she's incredible. Yeah, she's incredible to to interview there. So um, why? Because there's like some empath. There's like some empathy skill that she's able to. My daughter, since she was born, since she was able to talk, has her empathy quotient is off the charts. Oh, really? She was yeah. always that girl in school, even 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 kindergarten when the new kid came in. She would befriend him or her. That was her. She cares. For example, she's in camp right now. She's in uh, in a day camp, and there's a couple of mean girls. And they, the mean girls tried to bully her. She stood up to them, so they went and bullied the weaker kids. And my daughter went and she stood up 
for those weaker kids, and nothing makes me more proud. Yeah. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, there's my girl. Yeah. That's what I love. But this is about you right here, and, I, and we could talk about that in a little bit. Um, do you still have that fire, that fire inside for casting from that day, those early days at MTV? Do you still feel it the same? Um, <laughs> I'm stuttering, so I guess obviously the answer is no. Um, <laughs> I don't feel it's the same. I think that the industry of casting has changed. But what I did in casting, all the pieces that I had to put together, the things that I recommended that people do that help them actually get cast to years after you know auditioning and trying to break into hosting or having your own reality series, um, I, I was able to take all of those fundamental skills and turn them and pivot that into what I do now. So what are you doing now? Let's talk about that. Let's tell my audience, you know, what are you up to these days? Let's I, talk about the iHap, because we have Yap later, you have iHap. <laughs> I have a podcast, which is going to be premiering in between Labor Day and the VMAs, which will be so, um, sometime in September. That's it, mid-September, right. yes. I'm excited for the show, and uh, on the train this morning, I listened to the preview, and there was a piece that I really liked that you said, you're like, I, I want to connect and introduce people to content and talent that they're not aware of. Yeah. Like me, you're a curator. Like me, you like to shine a light on other people, and in turn, that light reflects back on us. And I love that about you. Talk to us about the podcast. What's it going to be all about? Um, I appreciate that. Um, my podcast, um, I have a podcast, is uh, curated conversations with people, celebrities, creatives that, um, that have impacted my career or whose careers I may have impacted. And we're really talking about the sustainability of being creative, like the tricks that we learned throughout the years. Um, it's a, you know, internet wasn't around and podcasts weren't around at the no. beginning of my TV career. So it's fun to go back and ask people that I worked with in the 90s and shows that I developed in the early 2000s, um, sort of how they came to be. Um, and it's also just a great excuse to reach out, you know, and ask people. Uh, Mandy Moore and Jamie Sigler and all my VJs and gonna be awesome, man. Um, my current clients like uh, uh, that are on there and, and and recent clients like Peter Thomas Roth and uh, it's fun to have um, a place for people to meet my clients. I usually build audiences and their stages for them, and this is the first time that I'm trying to um, use the people that I know are in my already in my ear naturally you know especially with my linkedin audience um and my instagram audience which are either my media or my marketing friends that i've directly worked with yeah. and i work well with people that i've worked well with well two quick things are one thing that vinnie does on linkedin that i love uh probably about once a week you post um you aggregate jobs media jobs and you yeah. share that that's awesome and you put the word out there. Um, spend a quick minute on Mandy Moore before we wrap it up here. I mean, to watch her career. And oh, so cool. What have you learned from the, geez, guys, almost 20 plus years of knowing Mandy Moore. What have you learned from her about how to be successful? Um, I love that this question, and we talk about this in my podcast episode with her. Um, I learned the importance of, of showing up for yourself, to be really honest. Um, showing up on time. Uh, I tend, thing you could do, right? I love my mornings, but when you, I've seen, I mean, I've, man, she would have like a 5 a.m. call with Z100 in the West Coast, and then she'd have to be on Z, on TRL at 3.30 and all that live, and like I did not, um, I was nervous, I, I, I could sleep in in the mornings, but um, I missed some opportunities because um, I, I picked sleep over uh, uh, doing stuff. She would, she would be there. Um, uh, it's a lot of work. We also talked about uh, the, how the input dictates the output 
how you have to consume television and consume music and consume art and be part of life, but to a point where it's still able to inform what you're creating and you have to be able to still be productive enough to finish creating and publish and, and get content out there. It's a balance. And that, that input, you know, sort of dictating the output um, That's huge. Hel helps me figure out what I should be spending time when it's okay to binge, you know, three hours on a Netflix show. Um, because by the way, it's important to it's have that binge moment because that's adrenaline and certain shows, you know, are required to have that adrenaline piece to it. Exactly. You know? And I say this all the time. Um, I love binging on Netflix or the reality TV shows because that's our detox. I mean, wifey and I, we work our asses off and we want to just sit on the couch and literally binge, you know, four back to back, four episodes of, of Below Deck Med and like just laugh and, and make fun of these people and laugh with them. That's our release. Yeah, and that's that's okay. And, and finding that balance. Vinny, I love this conversation. Let's bring it home here. And you know, this show for me is a masterclass. I get to talk to amazing folks like yourself. And I ask a series of questions because I put them all together. And let's hit the rewind button here. I have two of my best episodes. It was Vinny's idea to create two best of uh, best uh, of greatest piece of advice ever given and North Star. Those are two of my favorite episodes. So thank you for that, yeah, one, my man. Yeah, so yeah. let's bring it home here. And let me ask you this, Vinny. What is the single greatest piece of advice you've ever received that you take action on every single day of your life? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I ask every time. You should know it's coming. <laughs> I I do think that uh, that qu n not quitting. To be really honest, I've seen the biggest reason for failure in, in my industry or anything that I've seen has come from not having enough time, resources, money. It's important. You know, we have savings account for our families. We have savings account for our lives. Do you have a savings account for your career, like for your business? Do you, are you saving money so you, you can market content so you can afford um, a coach or, um, or this. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this. So, yeah, exactly. So, um, so, so, and so Pete, without having that support, just not quitting. And I'll be honest, it was TJ Lavin who, said that and um i was lucky enough to cast him as the host on the challenge 20 years ago and he's still you know rocking that spot and he had a couple of near-death experiences and that dude never quit and i'm so grateful that i have him in my life because i think of this like like at he's like an athlete and a brother and a superhuman and a great host and um and all of those things together uh can be overwhelming and he had so many opportunities to just step back and not even quit, and he didn't. So that's great. Just no quit, no quit. That's a, that's a great one. And what would you say is you know your your superpower? Something that you do better almost anyone in this universe that makes you who you are. Um, <clears throat> uh, I, one of my superpowers is uh, for I have this. I I think that I have this sort of um, ability, this sort of like fortitude. Um, this like ability to build people's career or see a path or or when i say fortitude i mean um vision yeah there's like i don't mean to sound like <laughs> like the the long island medium here but it does it hits <laughs> me like that and yeah. the pieces come together but along with the pieces so do all of the right people that need to be attached to those projects um the timing of when those projects should you know sync up um, and the, the sort of ability to really try to synchronize success so that you're building audience as you're building more success. And I think that that's what keeps people along for the journey um, is that there's this constant gr growth journey. So um, 
Yeah, that's my answer on that. I love it, man. And and last but not least, you look back, you know, on your life the last forty four years. I'm sure it was not always this easy and smooth, and you've had bumps in the road. Personal growth, you know, growing as as a human, as a man, as a son. Um, through your journey, you've had those tough moments. And you look back on those moments when you really had to dig down deep inside and harness that inner tenacity, that fire to pull you up and pull you forward. And in the same breath, on the other side of the coin, looking back and with gratitude, seeing your success and what you're building and when you're continuing to build and all the people around you that have been affected by how awesome you are and you want to show gratitude, what keeps you focused? What keeps you on track? Vinny Potasiva, what is your North Star? Oh, I love that. Um, I, you know, I think that um, in, in my orbit, I would say, um, and I'm happy to have you. Are you the you moon or the sun? Finally. In my, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm a moon for sure. I definitely like my, I like my downtime and then yeah. I like my, my shine moments. And I like, if I'm going to do something big, like a, a solar eclipse or a lunar yeah. eclipse, whatever, I want everyone to see it. And then I'm going to go away for the rest of the, you know, the, 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 the sort of time there. Um, uh, but I'm really, I'm really inspired by helping people break into this like flow that, um, I work hard to ha help them achieve, whether that's having the right chemistry of TV appearances and books and literary opportunities and online courses and eBooks and podcast opportunities and guest spots and all the pieces, all those bricks that it takes to build a, a solid foundation to have a career um, on camera that translates for doctors and journalists and um, uh, uh, cosmetic experts. And, I mean, just for so many different types of people. And, uh, and I, I love the innovation and the technology piece of it. It's actually uh, been fun to see so many people create. I think 20 years ago when I started in media, how many people worked in media then? Uh, two million people maybe on earth? I don't even know the answer to yeah, this question. Not but everybody. I'll tell you now, it's everybody. Who yeah, has, you know what I mean? In, everyone's a media empire. And it's cool that people, I feel like everyone speaks my language now because I've always had this technology side and I've always had this creative side. And I feel like with the iPhone, you know, um, uh, be in the smartphones being in everyone's hand, it's helped people tap into their creativity. And um, if there's a part of my narrative that I was a long time ago that uh, where I was, I questioned how talented I was. And I think I made a decision to, you know, always just be surrounded by talent because, you know, that that will help sort of me be more talented if I'm if I'm surrounded by talent. So the the beauty in that is I'm constantly looking for talent and people are constantly looking towards me because they know I have unique and new talent opportunities. And um, I like that I can be that connector You're a conduit. without, yeah, I like, I like that I can help make that happen. And, um, uh, and it doesn't stop. And whether it's helping people launch podcast episodes or series or networks or SVODs or AVOD, I mean, all of that whole, all of media keeps changing. And the uh, the offerings change. So I like that part of it. I think that's exciting. So let's bring this home here. You're an innovator. You're a connector. You do things the right way, and you're an all-around good dude. And I want to thank you so much for everything you've done for me. Thank you for making the time today. I appreciate you. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Where could folks find you? Where could they connect with you? Where could they learn more? Oh, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm Vinny Potestivo at everything. It's V-I-N-N-I-E. 
uh, Potestivo, uh, no and everything. Yeah, just sort of reach out. And uh, I'm, I'll, I have, uh, uh, I just love helping out. So start start off by saying hi. And let's see sort of like what energy we can create. Say hi to Vinny, everybody. Vinny, I want to thank you for joining me and everyone at home watching us. Uh, We're recording today. Everyone watching us on video, but everyone listening on the podcast. Thank you for hanging out with us today. You know where to find more at thepodcast.com. Follow us on all the social media channels. You know what they are. And if you like this show, leave a review rating. It goes a long way. Remember, take care of each other. Damn, am I saying stay, stay six feet apart again? Are we back to this? Look out for one another and catch us next week on another great episode of the podcast. Take care, everybody. Wisdom is forever, but for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode soon, jam-packed with more incredible humans. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and sharing. To join the conversation, search The Pausecast on LinkedIn. And to catch up on past episodes and more info, please visit www.thepausecast.com. <laughs>